0: Good morning and welcome. We're grateful for your presence today. Appreciate so much you being here. We hope and pray that our time together is fruitful. Appreciate those of you that are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're going to be looking at the passage read a moment ago in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verses 3 through 5. and Also, we're going to be looking at chapter 3 in verse 15. 1 Timothy, or rather 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, and chapter 3, verse 15. We're going to be talking today about the theme, What Kind of an Inheritance Will You Leave Your Children? And I want you to be thinking about that. What kind of inheritance will you leave your children? Before we begin, I do want to make this observation very quickly. We have a lot of great young folks here. And we're very grateful for all the young folks that make up this congregation. And we're thankful for the many opportunities of service that are available to all of us whether a young or old. It would be my prayer that as we begin this new year, 2017, and we're not far into it, that each of us will make a concerted effort to be here every time we meet for our worship services. To our young people, I would say every time we have a youth event, I would encourage you to be present. It's an opportunity for you to grow spiritually. Now, having said that, let's think about our lesson today. What kind of an inheritance will you leave your children? In asking that question, I am well aware of the fact that many of you are probably thinking right now, one day I'm going to leave some money, Stocks, bonds, land, material possessions. That's what I plan to leave my children. Nothing wrong with that. But I want to ask today, what about a spiritual inheritance? What are you going to leave your children? It's one thing to leave them money and material goods. It's one thing to leave them land and Houses and cars and clothes and cash, all these things. But what about from a spiritual vantage point? What do you plan to leave your children? I want us to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 today. And I want you to think with me about Timothy. And first I want you to consider the influence that was exerted on Timothy. Listen again to what Paul said in verse 3 and following. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. What about the influence on Timothy? I want to begin by first of all saying that there was, as Paul points out, the possession of faith. Paul in writing to Timothy recalls the genuine faith that dwelt first in Timothy's grandmother. And then he said, it dwells in your mother. And then thirdly he said, and I am persuaded is in you also. When I think about the possession of faith, first and foremost I think about how that is a personal thing. Paul here In writing to Timothy, he said, Look, your grandmother is a lady of faith. Your mother is a lady of faith. And you are a person of faith. Each and every one of us, whether young or old, all of us are going to have to, at some point in time, decide whether or not we're going to have faith. We can't ride our parents' coattails. We can't ride our grandparents' coattails. It has to be a personal faith. Do you remember when Pontius Pilate asked the people during the trial of Jesus, what then shall I do with Jesus who's called the Christ? That's a question you have to answer. Whether young or old, all of us have to decide what are we going to do with Christ? When Paul wrote to Timothy, he reminds him, first of all, about this personal faith. And then he talks about, how it was a purer faith. In other words, it was genuine. It wasn't artificial, superficial, but rather it was a genuine faith. Listen again. When I call to remember, it's the genuine faith that is in you. He said, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I am persuaded it is in you also. As a grandmother, do you have that type of faith? As a mother... As a child, as a young person, could it be said of you that you have genuine faith? So, when I think about the possession of faith, these people were possessors of faith. But there's a second thing here, and that has to do with the passing on of faith. Two things I want you to see. When we talk about the passing on of faith, number one, It is not incidental. Now, there are things in life that are extremely important. There are some things that are just minor things in life. When we talk about passing on the faith, this isn't some incidental thing that we can just brush to the side. You need to understand it is of the utmost importance that you as a parent, a grandparent, pass your faith on. The psalmist in Psalm 34, many, many years ago, said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If as a parent or grandparent, you have tasted the goodness and the graciousness of God, don't you want to pass that on? Don't you want to make sure that you take what you've heard, what you've learned, and share it so that your children, your grandchildren can be blessed? You have been blessed immensely. And so to understand that this is a priority. Sometimes as parents, we get so caught up worrying about whether or not our children are going to make an A in science or biology. We worry about how well they're going to do in math, in history, etc. We want to make sure that they are prepped for college. And look, that's a great thing. But how often do we put emphasis on those academics to the neglect of spiritual training and teaching? i tell you what, sometimes we get our priorities misplaced. So, when I look at the life of Timothy, and I think about the passing on of faith, it is not incidental and it is not accidental. Your children are not going to just wake up one day and be members of the body of Christ. It's going to take a lot of teaching, a lot of training. It's not something that just happens by accident. Here's what Paul said in your fathers. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Are you doing that? Are you ensuring that your children have a foundation upon which to build? Are you passing on the faith? Listen again. Bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Are you doing that? Are your children, are they people of faith? Paul here said, look, I can go back and talk about your grandmother." She was a lady of faith. I can talk about your mama. She was a lady of faith. I can talk about you. You are a person of faith. Timothy was blessed because he had tremendous influence on his life. But there's a second thing. Not only was there influence, there was instruction. Turn over, if you would, now to chapter 3. Look at chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Paul here said, but as for you, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Did Timothy receive instruction from his grandmother, his mother? Yes. Did he receive instruction from the Apostle Paul? Absolutely. But look at all of these factors that were working together to make him a person of faith. Now look at verse 15. There's some things I want you to think about here for just a moment. First, let's consider when Timothy was taught. Look at verse 15. And that from childhood. Some translations say, and that from a babe, from infancy. Did you know you have a grave responsibility as a parent and grandparent you have got to be teaching your children soon as they're born we've got some babies here today that I would like to think in a few years they're going to be people of faith Paul here said and that from childhood again this wasn't something that was incidental it wasn't accidental but rather, at a very early age, what did they do as parents? They began shaping and molding the mind of Timothy at a very early age. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word redeem there means to buy up. I want you to think about it as a parent. Did you know that clock is ticking, tick, 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 tick? If you have a six-year-old today, before you know it, he or she will be 16. Before you know it, they'll be 26, 36, 46. I'm telling you what, time gets away so quickly. If you're not teaching your children when they are young, you are missing the boat. You've missed it. And let me tell you what, you won't get those years back. If you haven't been teaching and instructing your child from infancy, when they get to be 12, 13, 14, you've lost a lot of valuable time. When they become 18, guess what? It'll be tough to reach them. Tough to reach them. Now listen to what he said. First, he talks about when he was taught. Secondly, what was he taught? And that from childhood you have known, listen to him, the holy scriptures. How do your class, How do you, how do your children do in the classroom? They make A's and B's. You proud of them? We've got a lot of extremely intelligent young people here. When the apostle Paul recounted the life of Timothy and talked about his youth. He didn't talk about how knowledgeable he was about the Grecians and their philosophies and their wisdom. He didn't talk about how skilled he was in mathematics or science or astronomy. He talked about how as a young child, here's what had been instilled in him, the Word of God. Why would that be? Because Jeremiah said, it's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps in Jeremiah 10, 23. Why would that be? Because the psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Look, if your children make A's and B's in school, wonderful, great. But how's that gonna help them get to heaven? If they know what the history books say and they know what, Some of the other arts and sciences have to say, but they don't know the Scriptures. That's a sad thing. Paul said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 5, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. As a parent, how proficient are you in the Scriptures? And then ask yourself this question, how well do my children know the scriptures? Remember that clock? Tick, 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 tick. Time's moving on. If they don't know the scriptures, they're going to have trouble down the road. And when your children get to college and they start hearing what their professors have to say about there is no God and we are the products of evolution, etc. and they come home and they tell you they don't believe in God anymore. Let me tell you what, you set the stage for that as a parent. Why? Because you did not equip them in the Word of God. Because they didn't know the faith. Let me tell you what. When our children go to college, hopefully and prayerfully, they are so well grounded in God's Word that when somebody starts talking about there is no God, they can just say, Look, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. She's foolish. Paul said, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So we asked the question When was he taught? From early childhood. What was he taught, the Holy Scriptures? Now, here's a third question. Why was he taught? You need to see this. Look at, look at verse 15 again. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. There it is. Do you know why Timothy was taught as a young fella? Because they realize the importance of salvation. Salvation. Could I ask you a question as a parent? Where will your children be spiritually in 10 years? Where are they going to be? Where are they going to be in 10 years? You know, I could sit down and go through the roll book. And I could go from family to family to family to family. I can look at the mama, I can look at the daddy, I can look at the grandparents, I can look at the children. And I can make some kind of call on possibly where they're going to be in 10 years. And you can too because you're a parent. I want all of our young people here today, if you're 21 and under, I want you to stand up right now. Stand up if you would. As a parent, as a grandparent, you see these kids? They're your children. They are your children. You can sit down now. Thank you. Where are they going to be? Where are they going to be in 10 years? Now, I understand they have a say in this. That's right. But right now, they're under your roof, and you have a say. And so I want to ask you, are they going to be a faithful member of the body of Christ in 10 years? Are they going to be here? Will they be in another faithful congregation? Would it be possible that... If they marry the wrong person, they would be in a denomination in 10 years? Could happen. Where will they be? You need to answer that. You need to understand that the most precious possession your children have, not in your bank account, not in your stocks and bonds, not in your land, not in your home, not in your cars, It's in their faith. Your children, are they people of faith? Let me tell you what. I want you to think about this for a minute. I want to come down here because I want to just talk for a minute. I want you to think about this for a minute. The children that just stood up, the young people that just stood up, They are a precious, precious possession. If one of these young people, one of these children are lost, one too many, would it hurt you if you thought your child, your son, your daughter wouldn't make it to heaven? Based on where you are as a parent and your spiritual life or lack thereof, where do you think your children are going to be in eternity? Where are they going to be? Are they going to be in heaven one day? Could I say this to you? This is serious stuff. Sitting joking around, this this is real. And you need to understand your child is looking to you as the example. If you're not here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if you're not plugged in to our youth group, you are missing out. So in 10 years when you're wringing your hands, and you're saying, my son, my daughter's not faithful, my son, my daughter is in a denomination, guess what? You contributed to it. You laid the groundwork for it. There's a third thing I want you to see very quickly. It has to do with the inheritance of Timothy. Two things here. First, Timothy was rich. You know why he was rich? Because he was a child of God. He was a Christian. His mother, his grandmother, they made an investment in him. Have you invested in your children? It may be that you are sending your child right now to a private school. The reason is because you realize you are investing in their future. But I want to ask you, are you investing in their spiritual life? Number one, they invested time in Timothy. How much time have you invested, are you investing in your children? How much time do you spend with your children day in, day out? Remember what Paul said, redeeming the time because the days are able. Let me tell you what, time will run out. One day that six-year-old, that eight-year-old, that 12-year-old, that 15 or 16-year-old will be gone. You better be investing now. You better invest some time in your children. Second thing, they invested. First, they invested time. Secondly, they invested truth in Timothy. They realized Timothy needed the truth. Do you realize that as a parent? Your child needs the truth. Your child needs God's Word in his or her life. Listen again. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Three generations of people here a grandmother, a mother, and a son. Will the chain be broken in your family? As a parent, are you faithful to God? As a parent, are you investing time in your children? As a parent, are you investing the truth in your children? Paul said to Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Can you as a parent say, I have have a lot of trust in my child because my child knows the truth. Here's what Solomon said, buy the truth and sell it not. Too many times we invest in all the wrong things. What we need to do is invest in truth. Why? Because the truth will set you free and nothing else. Timothy was rich. Are you rich? Spiritually? Second thing. Timothy was rich, but he also had a reward. Timothy had a future. What kind of future do you have? What about your children? Look again at 2 Timothy for a minute. Turn over, if you would, to verse 8, chapter 4. Paul here, writing to Timothy, understands that life for him is coming to a close. One day, as a parent or grandparent, life will come to a close. It'll come to a close for all of us. Will your children and grandchildren be able to make it without you spiritually? Will they be able to survive without you? Will they have a future? Listen to what Paul said beginning in verse 6. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. He said, The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I've kept the faith. Henceforth, he said, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Timothy's grandmother was a spiritual leader. Timothy's mother was a spiritual leader. We have some ladies in this congregation that are the spiritual leaders in their home. They do not have a husband functioning in that capacity. And so they have to be the spiritual leader. And could I say this? They put some of us who are men to shame because every time the doors are open, their children are here. Every youth event going on, they're here. They're plugged in. If you want your child to go to heaven, you need to plug in. You you can't afford not to plug in. As a parent, if you're a father, you are to be the spiritual leader. If you're not a spiritual leader today, I could ask you, when will you you decide to be the man of the house? When are you going to man up and be what you're supposed to be? There are some ladies that have to do this because they don't have a man that will do it. So I want to encourage those of us who are fathers, be the spiritual leader that God wants us to be. When God spoke of Abraham many, many years ago, He said, for I know Him, that He will guide His children and household after Him. Could God have that kind of confidence in you as a parent? Would God say, I know for a fact he or she is going to lead their children in the path of righteousness? In closing, I would imagine that some of you already have made out your will. Some of you young folks one day are probably going to be wealthy because of what your parents leave you. But I want you to understand something. Your folks might leave you hundreds of thousands of dollars, they might leave you all kinds of land, they may leave you all kinds of things. But if you're not rich in Christ, you're not rich. You really don't have anything. Years ago, I had the opportunity to work with a congregation. One of the men that served as an elder was a brick mason. And he was a good guy in a lot of ways. Didn't always agree with everything he said, but he was a good guy. And as a brick mason, he never really made a lot of money. Matter of fact, he didn't didn't even own a home. He was well up in his 70s at the time. And he and his wife at one point in time had decided to invest in Christian education. I never will forget him saying in my presence one time, I would rather my children to have a Christian education than to have X amount of money in the bank. I want you to know something. The money, the land, the material thing, they don't mean a thing. If your child loses his or her salvation, and we lost it all. if one of these young people, one of these young folks in our assembly today, if just one loses his or her soul, one too many, it could be your child. It could be your son. Could be your daughter. Could be your grandchild. So here's, here's the thing. You've got a great opportunity before you. As a parent, would I do things differently? You better believe it. Did I fail? Yes, in many ways I did. Sometimes. Sometimes as parents, we do our best. Our kids don't turn out the way we want. But at least we did our best. Sometimes we do our best and our children turn out and they're faithful Christians. I'd love to think that our young folks here today, that we've got future leaders in the church here. I'd like to think that in the future, we've got some young people that are going to be faithful mothers and fathers and parents that stand for something, that have some conviction. I read a statistic a while back. 80% of our young people, when they hit the age of 21, leave the church. 80%. I don't know how many of our young people stood up, but you think about 80%. If 80% of our young people were to leave the church, you've got a pretty good idea where your kid's going to be in 10 years. Let's just be honest. In 10 years, where are they going to be? You think they'll be faithful? Think they'd be unfaithful? You've got to answer that question. You have a chance today to turn it around. If the ship's going in the wrong direction, turn it around. No time like the present. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ. You can't afford not to come to Christ. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins, where I am there, you cannot come. If you believe Jesus to be the Son of God, and you would willingly lay aside a life of sin. Is sin fun? Yes, it is. Is it worth it? No, it is not. You might be living in sin right now, and there are things in your life you don't want to give up. You need to understand, as a parent, you're setting a bad precedence your children are lost, you pave the way as your example would you confess Jesus as the son of God would you be baptized so that all your sins can be washed away, would you do that today, why, because that's what the Bible says, Acts two thirty-eight. if you're here today and you're not faithful as a mother a father, a husband a wife, a son a daughter, whomever Today is the day to get it right. Don't wait. Paul said today is the day of salvation. You know, little Charlie just turned a year old. Can't believe it. One year. Fifteen more years and she will be sweet sixteen. It will move along that fast. What they're doing now will determine what she is 15 years from now. What you're doing now or not doing now will determine where your children will be. I wish there were some way that I could wake some folks up and get them to see it. And there are plenty of times I leave here and I think they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Right over their head. I want you to know the Lord the Lord has placed tremendous responsibility in your hands as a parent. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. Don't don't get don't get old one day and say I blew it. I wasn't faithful. My children aren't faithful. You can't afford to mess this up. Won't you come as we stand and sing?